Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. As always, I'm yesterday, tomorrow, and you, it's Michael, and joining me is blowing Jonathan by Adrian, <laughs> and screaming in the hole of the Mountain King, in the bottom of a cave, waiting for the game to begin, it's Matt. No, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> Can I open like that? That's swearing. That's fine. We're allowed, we'll have one. That's, that was it. We're That's your one. used it early. Didn't save that one up at all. No, but that's okay. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 47, The Witness, uh, a puzzle game that has delighted people for many years now uh, that I had never played before. Uh, but before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. Well, just as, as always, if uh, opening into weird descriptions and then swearing is the kind of podcast that you're into make sure you subscribe (laughs) uh i'm specifically swearing about the puzzles in this game so if you like games you should probably subscribe tell your friends who also like games and swearing be cool kids swear and like games it's what all the cool kids are doing but only once per episode even though i'm pretty sure there's no rating like that, and we're just going to get smashed with an explicit thing from iTunes. Does that mean, so say our episodes range from like half an hour to one hour, does that mean then if all the cool kids want to be like us, then you can only swear once every hour? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's all that's you, anymore and you're a vagrant. Yeah, yeah anymore, true. and then you're relying too much on it. Like you really it becomes have cheap. Yeah, it becomes cheap. Um, but let's ask, is The Witness a game... For the busy gamer. I'll start by saying, yes, I think so. Um, we can go into detail after you guys explain your points. I would agree. I would say, yes, it is a game for a busy gamer. That's the easiest explanation to give at this time. Hmm. I'm going to go with no. Ooh. Would you like to go first, then? You're the differing party here. Um. Yeah, see, this game is... It may not necessarily be a chore to play these puzzles, but technically the entire game is just these puzzles and it's the grind of just getting through puzzles to get to play more puzzles, to play more puzzles. Then you get an audio recording of a guy explaining um, different points of view on life, uh, physics, psychology, mm, more puzzles. I think, say, for example, if this game was on your phone and was a series of puzzles... Actually, is it? I think it might be. It is, is on there? your phone. You can there get you it go. on your phone. Yeah. Would it, then be, would it then be less of a chore? Because you would just pick it up, smash out a puzzle while you're on the bus or on the, on the, uh, on the old crapper, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and off you go on your merry way. Whereas... We've got to fire up the. I understand if you mean like you got to fire up the console, you plan a puzzle to play more puzzles. I do like. I do understand it is a bit chore-ish, but if we look at it for what it is, and that it is just puzzles, is there anything inherently wrong? Well, with according that? to Ant Thirty Two Bit on the twenty fourth of November twenty eighteen, this game is not built for mobile, um, oh, okay. and it didn't. It's not a very good port, um, from the looks of that. Uh, and you also have to spend $15. I think if you missed out on the, um, I I think PlayStation Plus, uh, was the perfect price for this game. Zero. Zero dollars was the perfect price for this game. It's great. Uh, You should watch a YouTube video about it. Don't play it though. (laughs) In terms of grind, I would say there's like none. If if you just want to beat the game, like finish the game, there's not much grind outside of knowledge grind. Um, and even then, you don't need to learn every mechanic in this game necessarily to beat it. Um, but if you want to 100%, then that's where it gets real grindy. But I think if, yeah, that, if you're wanting to 100% this game, you're willing to put the time into it to do so. A game built primarily on an idea of repetition somehow amazingly does not have the repetition. What do you mean? Each puzzle 
builds from the one before. You learn a yeah. concept, it then builds on top of that. And so I would say that I think that's what you're suggesting is in like there's not the grind. A grindy game asks you to do the same thing to me at least, say uh, say Destiny, for example, wants you to go out and do the same grindy like fetch quest again and again. Whereas this presents you with technically every time a new unique puzzle. Yeah, like I, I can see the With- grind in the aspect of like, you know, if you can't solve it, it takes a lot of time to sit there and think about it. But the world is so big, if you have trouble, you just go elsewhere. Uh, let's talk about more of the game shortly. For now, we've got inventory management. Matt, what games do we have coming up? Well, our next game that I've already started on, which is a grind of doing the same thing again and again and again because you die a million times, is Sekiro Shadows Die a hundred thousand times. I'm not <laughs> it's salty. A, can we get a refund because that name is misleading? It's more than twice. You uh, can. No, I, I, I play Sekiro Shadows Die once. Goes back to the last bonfire. Reload, so I get that old, yeah, not as catchy. The next one also uh, apparently difficult. I've I've only played a few hours of this, and my partner, who I'm playing with, because it's co-op split screen, awesome, died to a chicken. Yeah. Outward <laughs> is the name of the game. Outward. The, the amazing thing about Outward is that you can't die. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Uh, normally, you both need to be at the door to leave, right? But if someone's downed, you can go through a door. So you, you're fine. Really, you're fine. Uh, and then just before we started recording this episode, we figured out our 50th special game that we'll be it, playing. For the it was nothing episode. what we mentioned last episode. It's a completely at all. different selection, Matthew. Uh, derived from the Landlord's game created by Lizzie Maggie in the US in 1903, started off in 1935, it is a game that you might know called Monopoly. Mono means one and poly means many. One many. <laughs> one many. Uh, I We might be playing, I don't know what version we'll be playing on just yet, but... There are a variety of uh, different versions for you to enjoy yourself as you play along with us. Yeah, I own a Pokemon one, so that'll be good. What's Um, superior, US or UK, if you had to choose an original? uh, UK. UK, yeah, I'm all about that. Mayfair. Yeah, Mayfair. Mm. Or Kent Road. (laughs) Good names. No, let's get Perth Perth Edition, boys. Hey, Street. (laughs) Hey Street, uh, Mary Street, done. <laughs> Mandra <it>. Train Station, <laughs> Perth Esplanade, Armadale. Is it just? Tra- is it train else? tracks where you get a shift? Um, <laughs> North Bridge. What's the most expensive property? Not Peppy Grove. Not in WA. Not in WA. Uh, not in WA. Somewhere in the world. Rodnest. Cut your hand on some rocks. <laughs> Is that community uh, <laughs> <a> chance? <laughs> Spend two hundred dollars at the hospital, <laughs> and then uh, we do have game number fifty-one, which was chosen from the people. Uh, people suggestion: Stardew Valley, the game that Harvest Moon forgot how to be. I like how we've already put in our thoughts for most of these upcoming games just in this segment. So, you know what? You can skip the next five episodes because we've already given our thoughts. <laughs> oh, hang on now. By my maths, this is the next four episodes. Come on. Apologies. Oh, I did my math wrong. Now, you want to make sure that you get your math right when you rate us five out of five. Now, that is a whole. That is one. Not one out of five. Five out of five. Okay. Give us one five out of five. Does that make sense? <clears throat> give us 15 out of five. I would say give us one star each for for each person that you enjoy. So then we're at three. Uh, then give a star if you're a busy gamer. So we should always get a one. Um, and give another star if you enjoy. So I think we're looking at a solid three there. Um, I think we maybe, all know who's not two. picking up a star. 
<laughs> Look, just because I swore in the first like three seconds of the podcast, I'm not a barbarian. Only in my Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, but yeah, maybe if you want to suggest, you don't need to suggest us to other people, though we would love that. But you could suggest games for us to play because after Stardew Valley, I have no idea. I don't. Yeah. After that, it's kind of like just a cut off. I'm, I don't even have my calendar sorted out there. So if you could fix that up by telling us what to play, what you think we should play, please pick something good. Maybe we would play uh, Borderlands if Gearbox didn't figure out what I was trying to do. <laughs> All right. So you could do what? You mentioned this in a chat. You can do something with your previous codes. Yes. A little bit of news. Uh, Borderlands 3 trailer dropped and everyone also got told that if you had the Steam version of Borderlands 1, you would get an upgrade to their new remastered version. Great, I thought, but I don't think I have Steam on Borderlands. I'll see if I can turn my retail copy into a Steam version. Aha, you can. Since about 2014, they've had like a tool on uh, Steam where it finds your install and then converts it into a Steam version. Cool. About a, about a month ago on their like help forums on Gearbox, they said by the 27th of March, the tool would be deactivated, meaning by that date you had to convert to Steam. And then like a day after that, they announced that they would give everyone the remaster. So, so they very quickly turned it off and then gave it everyone for free. Yes, to stop people like me who heard that you'd be getting an upgrade and who would want to go and do the tool. So they thought about it. They thought everybody who can just figure out themselves will be entitled, but we won't have any of you vultures. I don't think that's particularly fair, though. I mean, if they were going to be for the consumer, they would, yeah, leave it on until, like, maybe the the remaster comes out. Because uh, but they're not. They want money. <laughs> they, they Yes, they do. I and, think they uh, wanted you to love Borderlands for what it was when it was just Borderlands. And now... Well, now that's all I can do. Hmm. <laughs> what other news do we have? Uh, happy April Fool's Day. I'm not sure if they're telling the truth, but Sega has a MIDI coming out. Uh, no, I think this was, I think this came out yesterday, the news. Oh, so I don't the think mini Sega a, Genesis. Yeah. Yes, I have. I heard about that, and I didn't think if that's an April Fool's, that's not a good April Fool's. Yeah, I don't it's think not. that's an April Fool's, especially because it's not. April, it's only April Fool's in Australia, in like yeah, us, our world at the moment. That's what I was hoping for. This might be, depending on the price, depending on the retail price, this might be the mini that I get. Why is that? Well, I mean, obviously you were a Sega boy, but is it? I have the well nostalgia. Priced? I have the nostalgia for the Sega, but not for the Nintendo consoles. I didn't own them growing up, so I'm not really connected to them. Whereas this has has Masonic and possibly the Golden Axe. I'm hoping for uh, Road, Road Rage. Yeah. Does it have fantasy style? I don't. We don't know the full list yet. It's going to be 40 games. They've announced, I think, about. 20 maybe like even a bit less than that we know that it's castlevania is going to be on it altered beast which is a very popular one if they echo get, the dolphin i really hope they can get some licensed ones in there like there was this fantastic game it was like donald and mickey in the land of illusion it was crazy and their disney versions mm. of like aladdin were held in like really high regard but well, I guess we'll see. Do they have a release date or an estimate, like a quarter September or something? September nineteen. Okay, is the, is the release date. So we'll see. If it's about like it's probably going to be about a hundred dollars, which is probably too much for me. Not you would not have all that nostalgia and all those games. Think of the deal. Look how many games you're getting. Oh, that's <laughs> that's like two dollars a game. Oh, that's so thrifty. One might say. Yeah. <laughs> Not thrifty enough. Slap a little half price on there one day. I'll be all over it. <laughs> well, you know what doesn't have an expiry date, so you can never get on half price? Also because it's free, is 
this podcast because we are gone two long years. Two enjoyable years. I think today we kind of argued about this. We were like, wait, when was the first podcast? Like, when do you define it? When we recorded it? When it was posted? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. That was it's about that argument. We've, we've got more important things to do, like argue about the game that we're about to do or play Monopoly, which we'll argue. Um, or Sekiro, there's an argument there. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of... There's always arguments to be had. We're too argumentative for this birthday. It's it's the birthday, it's the year. We're in our terrible twos. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's exactly it. Perfect. Yeah. Adrian, I got a special birthday present. Yeah, there's one little, one little bit of news here. What do you got for me? Now, the French Monster Hunter Twitter, but I believe it is actually technically a fan website, uh, posted a picture mm. of a little something, mm. a brand new entry for Nintendo Switch mm. called Monster Hunter Portable V, <laughs> known in the West as Monster Hunter Victory. <gasps> Confirmed. To be Half-Life Three. Sorry, what? Go on. No, Monster Hunter Five. Oh, now I am excited. But guess, uh, guess when that was? So that's the French uh, Monster Hunter Twitter is where I found it. Uh, And in Japan, it was posted on the first of the fourth April Fools. I'm very sorry. (sighs) That's very mean by them. Yeah, it is. It's it's so realistic as well. Uh, I this is a podcast, so I can't. You're the worst. I can describe, at I can describe I the words. Hate you. Um, no, they are the worst because the logo looks so real. The logo looks exactly like you would imagine a Monster Hunter Portable Five logo, and it is awful. I got fooled. I I assumed because it says I was like, oh, this was posted 13 hours ago. The rest of the world, it's um, still the 31st. Yeah. No. No, Japan is not the 31st. It's April Fool's. <sighs> They're at the same time as us. Dang it. Uh, I'm bummed out too. Switch again. Yeah. Oh, well, well if you got excited for one on a Switch, then you should just get Generations Ultimate because that is a great game. Just saying. <laughs> on a sneaky boy side. Uh, you, can carry, you can carry me just like IGN carried me. During my playthrough of The Witness, <laughs> tell us. Actually, I want to hear. Real I want to hear Ron's first experiences and like first moments in the game. Ah, oh, my very first moments in the game were like over, not over, but about a year ago. I tried playing this on Game Pass on the Xbox, um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is good. And I got to the apples, um, like the little orchard. Mm-hmm. And I did all that, um, and then I. You don't get anything for doing that, so I got turned off. I t- I didn't say, oh, I'm not playing this ever again. I just was like, pick oh, it up. I'll play this tomorrow, and then I didn't play it ever. Yeah, fair enough. And, but until like, you made me. Coming out of the the tutorial area, let's say, how how, did, how was your experience? What, what did you do step by step? Um, go. I go out. Um, I go to a door that's really complicated. I'm like, oh, this door is... I don't under- even understand. Then I go to the next little area that it ha- teaches you how to open that door. And then I went and I opened that door, which is pretty good. Pretty good. kind of wish the rest of the island was that well made. <laughs> the ho- are you kidding me? This whole island is made... is perfectly crafted. It's so well put together. Mm. Michael's the decider here. Okay, Matt's on the hard <laughs> hard right here, going. This game is badly designed, essentially. I'm on the hard left, going, mate. This is beautiful. This is game design. This is textbook. I would say that. See? I would say that the that a game like this can only work if it is designed well. I think it by default. It's it's simple, like its existence and the fact that it's not broken. That and there's a like. I'll go into it a bit further in detail later, but just sticking to the point of is it good design or bad design, I think straight up you can see that it is good design. Whether or not uh, the logic always holds up or uh, whether it necessarily teaches you correctly every time is different, but 
it is a well-designed game. It definitely has pockets of fantastic design. I just think... What do you find... If, if there's pockets, then what do you find not well-designed? Well, personally, I think um, the way that they've laid out the island... Uh, you know, for example, you can get into the quarry, right? Like, you can get into the quarry and not have any clue what you're doing because there's one door, right, that you need to be good at the game to get through this door. And that's the way you're supposed to get into the quarry. Except the thing is, there's this door. It's it's like a f- meme. It's a door, but then there's no, like, the gate, no fence around it. So you can just walk right around it, which is what I did. I was like... I can't figure this out. I'm going to go ch- check out this seemingly unrelated thing. Ah, oh, I have not... I haven't increased my IQ yet. I'm not a genius yet. You haven't acquired the um, right item yet. The item being knowledge, yes. Yeah, but it's it's like a grindy like little token thing that you need to get. Like, I think I ended the game with 5,000 knowledge. It's like, that's so much. God. And you, you 100%, you need 10 billion? What? No, I, I think this. I think either maybe you just didn't get it because, <laughs> like, in, in, I, in a, you didn't I'm pretty understand. sure this is for woke people. Yeah, here's the thing, right? There are good parts of the game. I did the cave. The cave is the only part of a game. To be honest, everything else is teaching you. All right, here's how to play the game, and then the cave is the game. So, like. For example, Mario teaches you on the fly. Here's the game. Let's do it. Whereas this, it's like, once you get 11 of these classes done, then you can begin playing the game. It will take you around 10 hours. No, the that's not right at all. One this game, like, it, it just jumps very quickly from, okay, here's a line. Okay, now here's a box. And then you draw. It forces you to draw the right thing. Here's... Two by two, this um, this little square here means you need to cut it in half, or or whatever it may be. Yeah, but if you and you learn to do that, and then you go to the next else. set of puzzles. Yeah, and they but if go... I decide to go somewhere before I go, like it, it should lay out the island better. Is what I really mean. For example, you don't need to though, because like each section is individual. Should have been. Uh, in the way of other things. I can't remember exactly what, but there were like tetrominoes that you need to know. But the place... And I did it, and it was really hard, and I had to look up freaking uh, hints on IGN. I wasn't looking up the answers. I looked up the hints on IGN. And I recommend that if you're playing this and you're like, this is a bit bullshit. Use IGN. Because that's really good. Because they give you hints without spoiling it, which I I appreciated. I don't think I you did think what I recommended so. then, which is if you don't know what you're meant to do, you're not. You need to go learn it somewhere. Well, by the time you told me that, I was down at the cave. And I think you that's the thing. Quickly. The it, the game does. Uh, it's not like a flaw of. It's not an absolute flaw. It's not the downfall of the game, but at times. It doesn't make it apparent that you can just go and do something else. So I had gotten like, I had ended up at the swamp, which was good because the village is sooner than the swamp, but requires you to understand the the Tetris uh, shapes, which you learn at the swamp. So I got to the swamp, but the swamp was quite difficult. And that's where I actually found the boat for the first time at the back of the swamp. And Mm -hmm. I got on the boat. And I was like, oh, like where where will it go? And the boat is just basically a fast travel system to the different areas. And so I just got off the boat, was in a new area, started messing around with those puzzles and was like, oh, these are way easier. I went to a, like obviously a more difficult area. So it doesn't necessarily make it apparent. I'm not saying it needs to hold your hand. It obviously wants you to explore and find this. But at times you do feel as if your progression is blocked. Yeah, and... very purposefully blocked. You know what? Yeah, but they're not making it apparent that nothing really says like, hey, go away and learn. You... But that's the whole idea I can understand if you game. go, what do I do? I am, I am... You might think you are stuck, but you're not really because the game wants you to walk away. 
But you, you, the only reason you'll get stuck is if you don't know what you're looking at. And if you don't know what you're looking at, then like if you don't know what that symbol means, don't do the puzzle. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying that initially the game doesn't the game doesn't teach you that immediately. Because early on, everything you see is simply an addition of what you've learned before, and you stumble upon uh, the so the the open field area before going off to like uh, the shack and the cliffs on the left and the orchards are on the right. You enter that field space where there's just some puzzles set up for you to try. And yeah. really, the I think before that you've only encountered one door that you can't do. Well, right at the start, yeah. And so it doesn't make it initially apparent. You learn it after simply like simple trial and error. But I did have that. I did have that sensation of, well, particularly in the swamp area because I moved one of the things, and I was like, oh, I'm going to move it back because I can't do the next one because I don't know what I'm doing. And I felt very stuck. And then I found the boat, and the boat was actually like I liked where it was placed. It was like a, hey, do you need a, you need to get out of here because you can. And that was when it was like, if you want to learn, (laughs) yeah, it was like, okay, leaving whole areas is what I'm supposed to do. If I'm stuck, I go away and learn something else. And maybe I'll see it in a different light later if I'm not really doing it. Because it is a sequence. You do need to learn things. I would say there's like definitely like there's a few mechanics early on that you should learn. But I think you could go about this in any... Wait, like, I think besides the quarry would... and the town, you can go in any order. But you definitely have to do. Uh, you could the do the quarry after early. Else. Like if you're just doing what's in that like warehouse thing, because that's the main quarry stuff. The other stuff is um. Is that ne- yeah, it is needed, isn't it, to set up that laser? Maybe the quarry yeah. is later, but like again, you're kind of you have multiple ways to get in there, but. You don't. You're never forced to spend time there when you don't know what you're doing. You can go elsewhere if you don't know where you're like. Because the quarry no, laser is made up of three different elements, isn't it? One's the yeah. warehouse, one's like that dock thing, and then the other one's the shadows. No, not the shadows. No, I don't think the shadows were. No, it's something else. Actually, I tell you what, shadows were one of my favorites. That was really good. There is kind of like that little little. Um, overgrown temple is that what it is monastery monastery yeah the monastery and the shadows like they're they're very good coupled because some of these work out well uh like well little individual things right for example the um the temple the actual sandy temple that is like a on its own experience to me in playing everything that is like a, on its own experience and technically, I don't think if you needed to play, you wouldn't need to touch it. Um, it just teaches you to look around a bit more, which can sometimes be very satisfying, but sometimes be very frustrating because you're like, oh, I know what I need to look for. I just can't find it. A needle in a haystack. And then there's other things that are like swamp, which is like remedial. Like you need to learn this. If you are going to pass this te- if you want to pass my class, this is Adrian's class of... Loving Jonathan <laughs> I just think he's very, like, everything he did is very calculated and very intelligent. It's a very, it's a it's a lesson in here's how you play, here's how you make a game and teach people by doing and not have to sit there and explain things in a dialogue box. I um, disagree. I think Mario is the perfect one of that. Well, here's what I was going to say. This is, this is a modern Mario. Mario mm-hmm. teaches you by playing. It doesn't tell you this is how you jump and to kill a Goomba you stomp on it. The the I don't know if you've seen the breakdowns before, but the very first level of Mario is specifically designed so that you have to jump onto a Goomba. It's not told, it's forced upon you through the gameplay, and then you learn that by doing very, it. Such as very this. true. But I feel like at the same time, like, you know, you're kind of forced into the corner to jump on a Goomba, you know, you can't go back, blah blah. Whereas this Someone could walk out of that first area and ignore everything else, go to the town. This is too hard, quit. And I wouldn't blame someone who said that. I wouldn't blame them either, but maybe the game, like, and I I would say this game. game. I, I doubt many people have bought this game 
without looking up what is this who, game at all. <laughs> I, I many people. It's done very well. Um, but you, if you look at a trailer for this game, you're not going like, "Oh yeah, I'm buying it for the action." Like you know, you're buying a puzzle game, and people who like puzzle games, I feel would wouldn't stop at that. They would know. Oh, I'm not meant to know this yet. Have you played? Out of curiosity, have you played many puzzle like puzzle games before? I'm talking like a Professor Layton or something of that vein. No, I actually was adding that onto my um, games that I might pick for the podcast. Good. Um, I would say that it's almost uh, it's almost beyond a puzzle game, and that it's it's very much a logic puzzle game. Um, for the most part, it's it's quite dry, um, in terms of what it is to be a game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is a series of logic puzzles. That if that's what you're into, then you're going to have a lot of satisfaction with this. But the parts that really shone out for me were, I think, my favourite place was the keep or the yeah. tower. I'm not sure what it's called. I think it's the um, keep. Yeah, where with all statues. Yeah, you, yeah. You have like um, the hedge mazes and sort of like the ruin and cell mazes. It's pretty much the whole area is mazes. And you're applying everything that you've learnt through the puzzles, but then in a more game sense of navigation, uh, looking at visual cues, being presented with uh, problems of going, well, the map is telling you one thing, like where you need to like input sort of the data or where or you, where you need to uh, plot out your course through the maze. But then when you get onto the maze, there's something blocking your path. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I felt like that's where it came together best, and that's when it that was like this is a puzzle game, and then the rest of the time it was puzzles. It was puzzles in a world, yeah. Puzzles in a really beautiful world, and there were moments where I went like, like, oh, this seems more fully fleshed out. That everything before was perhaps preparing me for things like this. And then, yeah. this, and this feels a lot better. And maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he would go on to develop further on that idea. It felt like almost portal esque, where I've learnt the rules of using the portals. Now I get to employ them in a fun, environmental sort of way. Uh, yeah, I mean, most of it isn't, and that's. I think that's okay because I feel like he wanted to make like to make a game like this where you learn through doing and then it's a simple mechanic that you expand upon in such a variety of ways um and i just i see things like the keep or um what's another example of that kind of stuff the bunker with the colors was also like yeah like a very good expansion yeah it's just another like instead of expanding the puzzle by putting in another symbol that means this it's a here's a world solution same with the symmetry zone on and where you have to like go around the rocks in the background it's like there's nothing in in, like you could just run to the end technically but there's a there's something about the world that is involved in this puzzle yeah that was that actually went way over me because i'm pretty sure they've got in the actual maze like you can figure it out by just doing it and, uh but if you actually pay attention to the world it pretty much tells you the answer i wish it did that more <laughs> there's one well, puzzle it's not, mm, telling you the answer the puzzle is learning that this is what this is and then him twisting it on you i really enjoyed like the the, the, the shadows is a great example of the intelligent design in this that it's like okay you learn that the shadow is you avoid the shadow and then it plays on you by covering half of the thing and you got to go find the other half of that, you know, that light tunnel that you can take to get to the end. And then he flips it again by going, well, now it's exactly where the shadow is, but it's it's all, like, understandable. You can, you can quickly go, oh, they're flipping it on me, right, cool. I don't think there's, like... But then there's other parts to me, like the fort or the keep or whatever, um, where... You're doing the maze, and then you you just get stuck. And actually, this is one point where you told me to walk away, and I did, and I did another part, 
Uh, and it wasn't until, um, yeah, I decided, I got fed up, looked on IGN. What the heck is the answer? Oh, you actually have to have your speakers set to 100. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, There's a, but there, there, was, yeah. there was no, like, notification of that, like, unless the whole jungle is, hey, maybe you should keep your speakers on. You might need them. But other than that, I was playing the game, listening to music or uh, podcasts such as this one. Especially uh, when it is a puzzle. So I'll quickly say my two main gripes with this game are that there are audio ones out of nowhere and that the stories doesn't go anywhere. Like there's no story basically. Um, and yeah, I don't. I agree with you on the audio thing. Is like comes out of nowhere. And it is the kind of game where, for the majority of it, it's all just visual based, and all you do really yeah. is like you. It's a game you can put a podcast on and just listen to it or some music to chill out to while you're playing this. So that suddenly, to, to turn it into something, while I enjoy the, the idea of involving it into the world more and into sound as an audio boy, uh, it is it is such a small aspect and a sudden shift. Especially in the cape where you're looking, it's all visual, and then the one puzzle is sound. It's just to me, I like I can't. I didn't create a list of them because I'm not. I don't hold that much of a grudge against this game, even though I don't really <laughs> recommend that someone <laughs> plays this unless they're like, I'm gonna be really smart and prove meant wrong. Um, but there's just some things in this game where it just suddenly takes a leap, and in this case, it's a leap into another dimension. Like, where uh, if someone was deaf, obviously there's no one who's listening to this podcast that is deaf. Um, but if someone is deaf and they're playing this game, enjoying this game, really enjoying this game, wow, it's one of the few games that I don't need sound for. Boom. Fuck you, man. Like, oh, that's my second one. Or Adrian, even if you have to bleep that out. <laughs> even if you have, like, partial deafness. So, like, you... um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, For it what a just... game like that invites itself as being a very visual medium and uh, not particularly um, heavy on audio at all. You occasionally find an audio log, but if you have sub- subtitles, you can just read them. Mm. So I'm sure there would have probably been many um, partially deaf or completely deaf gamers that picked it up and then were like, uh, hang on, why can't I do this? What's the can thing? I... What's the yeah, thing can here? I, I can't figure it, yeah. it out. And to me, like there are there are more times where it just jumps the shark in this in the same kind of way, not in a dimension kind of thing. Like, like there's some things for ex- that are no, you need to explore. Like the town, and then you get to the ma- there's a small maze in the town. You need to have done the fort, uh, or there's a shadow part in the town. You need to have done the shadows, and I get that. But there are just some parts where it just yep no. You have to be on Jonathan's level, which I guess Adrian is. No, the but... village is supposed to be like a, an accumulation of all your knowledge. No, like that's what I'm saying. So the village is good, but then there are just, there's always like, to me, it was like one puzzle per thing where it just like totally goes, what? You, what do you mean? You don't, you didn't see it with your mind? Yeah, um, that's, that's, and that's what I find um, cool about it is like, here's a, like, Here's the basic mechanic. Draw a line to the end. Here's an advancement on that. Here's a twist on that. You know, shadows. Here's um, you got to make here's a twist on that. Shapes. It's actually and then, 3D, and your mother never loved you. Like, and then what? there's just Where'd one. Where'd that come from? Where's this come? There is just that that's, one. That's and like, to me, it just, for the people. it just ends up like at the end. Besides the cave, it just ends up being a bit pretentious to me, uh, especially when I've got just... when I've got Adrian here. Like, no, this is the best game. That has ever graced the good It's not the best the game, world. but it, it's just so well made and so well, for the most part, so well like thought out. And going yeah, back if to you've that, got each... a glass of wine to swill, it is a fantastic game. If that's what you see, then you have an image of yourself. Like you have imposed something upon this game because, and I will agree, there's definitely an air of like, ah, but truly understanding the world is something that no one else can really do but that's only in the theater when you find the hexagon puzzles here's um, the way that i would sort of boil it down i would just like to say before because matt cut me off um sorry 
I, each puzzle like section having an, its own little like twist or like is a it's like it's a challenge and I enjoy challenges and that's why I think I enjoy this game where it's like oh so you think you know everything about solving this mechanic well here's one that's going to really throw you through a loop and not only is that in each section but if you go and find all the puzzles in the game there's 523 you will find like really challenging panels that test what you know and I really enjoy that I would say that this game is incredibly meticulous. Everything has been created and refined to an nth degree. Uh, good old Johnny Blow. Obviously, uh, this was like this was a, a sort of a masterpiece to him to game design. In that it is almost like in, in terms of its progression of logic and uh, escalation of difficulty, in that sense, it's very meticulous, it's very perfect, but in saying that, it then starts to show its flaws. It starts to show that as a game, it is actually then kind of lacking because of how meticulous it is. It's the kind of game for people who like to solve Rubik's Cubes or who get joy out of doing math equations. Like, still very targeted, yes. <laughs> but that's you know like... I mean? like but that's not to say that it's not fun. It's just, it's so specific, it's so meticulous that I, I began to lose interest as I don't gather heaps of joy from doing that again and again. I'm reasonably intelligent. I liked, I liked the design. Uh, I thought the world was interesting, mysterious. I wish I found more audio logs, but it was it was like as that escalation went up and up and up, it was reminding me of kind of like school and things like that. So it's definitely <laughs> fun. It's definitely a game. It's a very good game. But is it a game for everyone? No, it's not. No, absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that the design is bad or the design is... Uh, it's almost it's out. almost too good. It's almost too thought out in that it ends up a little bit dry, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that I don't know how far you guys got, but um, that does show towards the end of the game. And I would like to now tell you about my experience at the end of the game, the good. first time I played it. Because when we were talked about this last week, I said it's kind of on like I want I implied that it's kind of unsettling at times. And when I first played this game, because there is nothing around, there's just audio logs and there is this air of, like, uh, fancy mysteriousness. And you can see that Medusa's made arounds. Yeah. I I was waiting for, like, to open up the mountain. Spoilers as we go towards the end now, everybody. Open up the mountain and then go down and I started seeing those TVs and you're like, shit, people have been watching me. I was waiting for some, like, portal-esque ending to happen, but it didn't. And the ending is very disappointing. And um, there's a lot of implication. Like, I think all the audio logs underneath the ground in the cave system, um, they have, like, the little fancy uh, quote. But then it breaks out into, like, two people talking. Like, oh, man, that quote was mine. Oh, that's okay. You can probably do it better than I. Like, that, like people in the world. But it doesn't... Even though it wasn't like unsettling, I don't mind. It doesn't deliver enough about the world um, to satisfy me. Like the puzzles are good, and that's obviously what Jonathan wanted to make it all about. But this game could have reached another echelon with just a layer of like really interesting story uh, backdrop. Well, if I just want to finish up by reiterating. And I, because I did say it again, the cave, like, let, let me say, the cave is 10 out of 10. That cave is perfect. Like, and I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, I think it was the perfect level of difficulty. I think it was something, you know, you keep doing it, you keep learning. Um, and it is something like a little nugget of absolute gold is that cave. But if, having to get through learning how to figure out that cave, like the way that they teach you, it is like school. And that's 
not fun to me. I want to learn not like school, but like Mario. Like teach me like Mario. Don't teach me. That they like, do the same, and it's thing. not even. It's not even like school. you want to be it's taught like, uni. like Skyrim. No, no, it's not school. It's not Skyrim. It's not school. It's uni. They make you pay five hundred dollars for your books. <laughs> you have to go find the classroom, and like again, that cave, perfect. I loved that cave, uh, and there are some good parts everywhere else. But at the end of the day, Matt gives this a no time to grind. Do not play. I I just can't. I can't in good conscience tell a busy gamer. Here's my thing, right? If you have all the time in the world and you want a fairly easy platinum and you want to be, like, proven smart, yeah, go do this. But if you're a busy gamer, if you've got, you know, if you have duties that you need to fulfill at any time, you know, like... I I can't I cannot on good conscience say that this really fun game is for you because it's not for a busy gamer, um, and I don't even think it's for regular people. I think it's for people who like maths, and that's just weird to me. <laughs> I'll give this game a fine time to grind because even if you don't like puzzle games, it's such a once in a not lifetime, but there are very very few games like this that it's worth at least looking at and it doesn't it doesn't start off difficult the game ramps up at a good pace that you'll you should understand what you're doing until a point like if you stop understanding and you have walked everywhere and you just can't figure it out that's fine but it's definitely worth um just to sit in this world and experience a game like no other it's a fine time to grind a must if you do love puzzles and challenges and putting yourself to the test. I think I sort of understand what you're saying, Matt, in the regards to like a Mario or a Skyrim style of learning. Well, no, hang that... on. I just want to quickly say, can we not say, can we not associate the Morrowind fanboy with Skyrim? Um, <laughs> Elder Scrolls. <laughs> and and second, I think, the, I think the best example is Portal. Like you said, Portal. And that's a yeah. perfect example. And I think it's that idea of um, those games allow you a certain trial and error, whereas trial and error here might result in correct answers. You won't walk away with any knowledge. You'll actually rob yourself if you're misunderstanding a sequence. And the game actually does a good job of trying to mitigate that by making you repeat your work like you do kind of in school, where you have to actually show that you have comprehended what they are trying to teach you. Uh, which is excellent design, um, but that can be very frustrating because I think I'm probably in that camp as well where I am a trial and error gamer. I don't mind uh, getting knocked back until I finally uh, sort of get it, even if it's getting it in a different way that it might not want me to get it. Whereas this, there is, these are laws. These are principles that you have to understand in the world. It's like physics. It's like math. And you don't have. it's not the same kind of trial and error. It's a it's a try again until you understand. And so if you're willing to put yourself to the test with that, if you find a lot of joy in that, in a quest for knowledge, and I think that's what so much about the whole game is about. It's like a thirst and an unending quest for knowledge. I listened to the audio logs. I watched that. What is it? Yesterday, tomorrow, and you. It's it's all about it's all about a quest for knowledge, and if you have that quest for knowledge, then it's a fine time for this. I wouldn't say it's a must. It's a fine time if you because it doesn't like you can smash out a couple puzzles, and then put it down. It's okay, you can do that. But I would actually probably recommend maybe a Professor Layton, something a little bit something a bit a little, little bit lighter. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, as Mary Bobbins <laughs> used to say. Uh, <laughs> And when the when the game is giving you a little bit of that sugar, that's when it sings. Places like the keep, places like the cave, from what you guys have said, that's when it sings. Bit more of that, a little bit more sugar, and uh, I would have been uh, Jonathan Blow's friend. A little bit more blow, and maybe you would have got this game, you know? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a little bit of no sugar <laughs> helps the box. Tetris puzzle go down. 
And there it was. Mm. The witness. We have witnessed it. You have witnessed us witnessing it. And you too can witness it yourself. A divisive game. Let us know your thoughts by giving us a review or on our Facebook page. Because this is, I think even across the industry, it's a bit of a divisive game, even though it's done uh, fairly well and is kind of um, well known. And is held in high regard. Yeah. I felt like you were going to say it, it does have a bit of a divisiveness, uh, even though it's the most perfect game known to <laughs> mankind. But, um, that, no, no. It's like Arena of Time is completely. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> that's not even mine. It's just, that's Adrian. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, my name's been Adrian. I've been Matt. And I've been Yesterday, Tomorrow, and You, James Burke. I think that's his name. <laughs> He's the bearded guy in the windmill. Hang on, do you guys see that? There's a circle with a light. Oh, my. You're 100% it's connected. Though, I saw that. I saw was walking somewhere um, through like a, a, like a bitumen kind of area. Saw a circle with a line. I was like, oh. I would subscribe to some sort of... Well, not subscribe. I would buy and enjoy either, right... The Witness 2, nothing but caves. 15 caves, each one gets harder. God, I would then, I would buy that, and then I would tell you that The Witness and The Witness just caves, 10 out of 10. You gotta get both games. I like, um, no, no, I want that. That is the game title. Witness 2, nothing but nothing caves. Nothing but caves, yes. <laughs> Give that to me.